Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. My name is Thomas Breckenridge. I'm Quinn. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And it's been quite a long time since we put out a podcast. But we have a, we have a really good excuse. It's called the holiday sale. Yeah. And before that, it was a cyber week sale. And before yeah. that, it was a Black Friday week sale. Yeah. Um, so we've all been busy helping out in the warehouse, picking, packing, receiving items in, putting items up on the sale for you guys to buy at awesome discounts right now. We're not even done yet. We still have two more weeks of the sale left. Yay, two more weeks of wallet crying. Yeah. (laughs) But we finally got to the point where we were able to escape for an hour or so (laughs) and record a podcast. It was the great escape. Yes. (laughs) Um, So this is going to be a little bit different than usual. We're going to kind of just touch on a couple of things we've purchased from the sale ourselves Mm -hmm. um, that we are currently enjoying. And then we're going to get into a discussion over the last decade in anime. Uh, We're going to just kind of touch on every year a couple of the big shows that came out then, how the landscape of anime has really changed in these last 10 years, more than I would think any other decade of anime has. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get into our top five... uh, our personal top five anime of the last decade. Our personal. Yes. Personal. 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 Underlined. Personal. Yeah. This isn't yeah. our, This isn't gospel. This isn't like the top five. This is our personal top five. You will disagree with us. Just yeah. accept it. Or you'll find something new and love us. Yeah. Or we'll disagree with each other here at the table. Yeah. Yeah. So I can almost guarantee you that everybody's going to have a pretty different list here. We Tom's going to think half very different, <laughs> Very different taste. So... Um, but yeah, um, we're going to do the first, uh, number five and number four of our list on this podcast. Next week, we will get another podcast out to you of our top three of the last decade. Mm-hmm. So we'll just get started here. And Quinn, what have you purchased so far from the holiday sale? Uh, too much. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, shoot. A Bride's Story. I got the manga I was missing out of that series. Did you like? Did you read Emma before that? Uh, I've seen the anime of Emma. You've seen it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bri- Bride Story is is amazing and it just looks beautiful the first volume i was kind of like plot where's the plot but it it kicks in gear near the Mm -hmm. end and then it's like oh this is good and it's it's following a character i didn't think it was going to be the main character so that was surprising Mm -hmm. that was nice oh let's see what else did i get um there's too many things uh i'll have gotten vinland saga the ones that i was missing Mm -hmm. uh I'm filling out the Royal Tudor, the housewife one from Vertical. Totally blanking on the title. Delinquent housewife? Yeah, the delinquent housewife. I've got all that one. (laughs) Um, There's a running theme here. It's mostly manga that I've been buying. And my wallet is crying and will be continuing to cry. (laughs) But I saved up, so So it's all right. Mostly manga so far, then? Mostly manga. I've gotten uh, the Megalobox GWP I got, Mm. the... Oh, there's, there's a title. It's, I can see the cover. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. But <laughs> Wait, what does the cover look like? Maybe I could help. Uh, I can tell you the plot line because <clears throat> the, the prince is younger than the princess he's t- to marry, but she can conjure rain, and they're currently in a drought. It's a Sentai title. I have the wrong title in my head. I know no, you guys have yeah. <laughs> I too many items. Unless it's like more, more, more video, <clears throat> but that's, that's that not, is, yeah, okay. And that, that is sadly, the Blu-ray is out of print Wait, for that. Wait, Never mind. Uh, Morabito. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, it's not Morabito. Yeah. Uh-uh. Great series. Oh, overlap. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
And I know there's more manga that I, I've bought. And there's a pile at home. Yeah. Cool. Chris, what have you been buying? Yeah, me, I've just been taking the opportunity to fill in gaps in my Gundam collection, because, of course, you know, you got to have them all, so... <laughs> Got a couple Blu-rays to fill the gaps there. Um, one thing I found when we were doing picking, I had not realized that uh, Gunbuster 2 Die Buster got a Blu-ray release that we've got marked down pretty severely on the site right five now. I think bucks. it was like five bucks, yep. so I made sure to snap that up. It's a, If you like Gynax stuff, it's definitely, you can sort of see the connective tissue between like Fooly Cooly and Gurren Lagan in there, so... I love me some weird, surreal stuff, and that, that will be uh, something that comes up later, probably. So, But, yeah, so I picked that up. I, I don't think I've saved up as much as Quinn as far as going in here, but I've got a few things. So, Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was one of the lucky few that got one of those uh, Gundam promo cards where they was like, were <laughs> able yeah. to get a steep yeah, discount. Same. Mm-hmm. So uh, I spent most of what should have been my holiday sale money <laughs> on the Gundam money. <laughs> yeah, it still counts. Okay. It's yeah. a present to yourself. It's true. So yeah, I was able to able to get like pretty much all the Gundam that I wanted to get on Blu-ray. So that's really nice that I haven't already gotten. Uh, and then uh, for the holiday sale, I was able to get Fooly Cooly on uh, the Mega Deal. Nice. It's one of my one of my favorite series, and it's about time I actually owned it. There you go. Hey, Will, you should tell us about that cool vinyl that we're offering. Oh, you mean that super sweet uh, Pooly Cooly vinyl set yeah. from Anime Limited? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's uh, super sweet. It's got music by the pillows from the TV show Pooly Cooly. Mm-hmm. It's got some great box art. The pillows is great. I love their soundtrack. Yeah. No, it, it is really awesome. Uh, we are currently uh, out of stock of it right now, but we will be getting some more. Uh, here uh, in January sometime, um, so check it out. Um, I know that uh, well. You might have been a part of it. Uh, did a video of just what the uh, the vinyl casing looks like, how much work they put into it. Mm-hmm. I demoed it on my uh, um, vinyl player at home, so mm-hmm. it is pretty damn awesome. <laughs> so we also do have the silent voice vinyl as well, which is a really nice orchestrated mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. soundtrack to that show. So. But then again, I digress. Well, did you have anything else <laughs> that you wanted to add that you've bought from the sale, or? Uh, well, I was able to get that Dambo Nendroid figure off of the off of the figure sale. Oh yeah, last oh, nice. couple weeks ago. So yeah, was able to finally get that. That was nice. Mm. Cool. Well, my pickups have been the Megalobox uh, Blu-ray uh, from Viz. Uh, I got it when we had a limited quantity at a certain. Price, it is uh, still in the sale, just not as steep discounted. And then I picked up this week the Hunter X or Hunter Hunter 4 and 5 uh, Blu-rays as I want to collect that set as it was one of my uh, favorite Shonen series of all time. Uh, and then I picked up something non-holiday related. I pre-ordered the 10th and final volume of Happiness. Uh-huh. Um, and then I got a couple gap fillers in Two Year Eternity. Hmm. And uh, I bought my wife the Hermione Nendroid to complete nice. her... Uh, Harry Potter collection of Ron, uh, Harry, and Hermione, and then eventually Snape will come. If that was supposed to be a surprise present and she listens to this podcast, it's no. ruined. So, <laughs> I, I give people presents when I buy them. So, <laughs> if it's a Christmas present and I have it already, you're getting it. So I can't just, wrap. I don't want to wait. Yep. Wait, just nope. here, have it. I, I, Happy December 12th. Yeah, <laughs> yep, she got it like last week. So, she already got one of her Christmas presents. So, I'm, 
That's just kind of the way I've always done my gift giving. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, I think we're gonna try to fit this in real quick. Uh, is anybody watching anything this season? I know it's been a while since we've kind of gotten together. Anything like Quinn? Uh, I've been watching the My Hero Academia newest season mm-hmm. and also Ascendance of a Bookworm. Mm-hmm. So those two have been my main thing. We've been so busy here. I've been asleep whenever I've been home, so it's been hard to try and get some new shows watched. Yeah. Um, I've been re-watching Chihaya Furu. I'm currently in the second season, and then I was just going to jump into the third. Needed a bit of a refresher. Yeah, I've literally only watched My Hero Academia and Essence of a Bookworm. Mm. Either two. Those are the only two things I'm watching. Yeah, um, yeah it's just been kind of a crazy year. Uh, Chris? Me? Um, well, I have been still steadily watching my two guilty pleasure shows that I've been watching this season. Kimono Michi Rise Up, a.k.a. The Pro Wrestling Isekai, and uh, After School Dice Club, where it's just high school girls playing board games with very little semblance of plot. But uh, they've been fun. But I've been super happy because finally, Teasing Master Takagi-san Season 2 has arrived on Netflix and it drives me nuts that they make us, they, they, they hoard them to do the whole binge watch mm-hmm. thing, because that's not my style. I prefer to just get a week to process each episode, but it's really fun to just blaze through and watch. It's a really light, silly show, but at the same time, it's got a lot more heart than the previous two shows I've spoken about, so it's got a nice bit of sweetness to it, and I've been really enjoying get back getting back in the flow of Nishikata just constantly being frustrated because he's too dumb to understand that Takagi really likes him. So. <laughs> and well, uh, Gundam Blu-rays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where those came yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Gundam 0080, Gundam 083, mm. 8th MS Team, mm. all good, all good OVAs mm. that are oh, worth yeah. checking out. Uh, otherwise, for a simulcast, I've just been in the Beast Stars waiting party. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. actually kind of been like I don't want to say it's like a bad season, but it's a very quiet season. Yeah. Like you've got your returning like Juggernaut and My Hero Academia, and like another season of Doctor Stone continuing. Mm-hmm. But like for just new stuff, I there hasn't been really anything that I really see a lot of people talking about. We I know Sword Art Online's back, um, mm-hmm. and the, the people who are watching that seem to be really excited. But for new stuff, doesn't really seem yeah. to be. It's very much a filler season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's just like there's a whole bunch of side stuff that you might be interested in and on like the fringes of your interests but not a lot of big tent poles to mm-hmm. hold this season up i definitely agree with that it's just a lot of uh, stuff that's kind of been here done that yeah well yeah and then you know the winter season is going to be starting in january so and i haven't even taken a look to see what's going to be in there yet i know we're getting b stars finally next yeah in january <laughs> so we'll all be able to binge that i think people have been waiting to watch that mm-hmm. one for sure all right, so we're going to get into the decade that was the 2010s uh, and kind of just talk about, like, overall what some of the big stuff. And it was kind of crazy to look back at a lot of this stuff. Like, if we're looking at 2010, um, only, there was only about 90 shows that came out that year. And a lot of them, it's really weird to think that next year they're going to be 10 years old. Uh, <laughs> High School of the Dead, uh, that one to me is, like... I actually thought that was out longer than that, which kind of sounds like kind of a weird thing, but I feel like I've been seeing stuff for that forever. The one that blew me away is uh, Princess Jellyfish. It kind of feels like that just kind of came out like just a little bit a while ago, but that might be because of that nice box set that just came out from Kodansha Comics. Um, Angel Beats is another one. 
Yeah. Um, would be one that would yeah. make me say it's that old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I thought Black Butler was older, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Black yeah. Butler was another one in 2010, too. And, like, that one's gotten, what, three seasons in, uh, I think it was either an OVA or a movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that series has been around for quite some time. Yep. Um, but, yeah, 2010, um, and then movie-wise, uh, the best Haruhi Suzumiya thing, and this is my personal opinion, is the disappearance <laughs> of Haruhi. And that came out. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> That's it. Um, but no, I, I thought that was the best piece of the Haruhi story. Um, and then we also got the, like, kind of looking back, like, to look at what's kind of started a resurgence in older stuff was Trigun Badlands Rumble, mm-hmm. which was actually a really awesome one-off movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, a lot of the Trigun episodes were very one-offs where, like, uh, uh, you could kind of, it's not exactly like Cowboy Bebop, Mm -hmm. but you could kind of jump in anywhere and kind of get the gist of what's going on. And the movie kind of just took on great animation, funny story. You know what's sad is that I remember buying that when it Mm -hmm. came out new, and I have yet to watch it. It is is really, (laughs) really good. It's still sitting there in my collection. (laughs) I am a huge Yashihiro Naitao fan, Mm -hmm. um, so I I love Trigun. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to 2011, and this is kind of the time where I really started remembering uh, starting to actually simulcast some stuff and watching it while it was airing. Uh, the big one for me, so uh, I kind of went into, anybody here who watches a lot of anime um, has went into slumps. Like, you mm-hmm. just get into a thing where you everything feels samey and you kind of get bored of it. And, like, in 2011, Fate Zero came out, and that, like, pulled me out of, like, that, like lull like to me that show was just so awesome like i'd never seen blockbuster style animation in anything before but like every time two of the characters in fate fought it was like it felt like you were watching a 120 like million dollar marvel movie like it was just (laughs) awesome and then not to mention like other than the horrific info dump that is the first episode where it's an hour of people talking and walking in circles (laughs) while they talk uh the story in that is really good. The characters are great. It's got one of my favorite uh, characters, uh, Alexander. Uh, he's in that. Um, but yeah, 2011, like these shows started like simulcasting about the same time they were coming. So we were able to watch the same as Japan. Blue Exorcist is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on the list you guys see? Well, I'm oh. seeing Chihaya on this, and I'm like, I don't think we got that over here that soon. No, that one came yeah. a little bit later. Um, <laughs> like, I think right as of right now, it was only Crunchyroll that was kind of in the game. Yeah. Like, Funimation hadn't started yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Amazon Prime hadn't started picking yeah, up anything yet. Yeah, it was just yet. Crunchy. Yeah. Um, and it was an annoying cruise ship boat ad that mm-hmm. played in every stinking thing. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, they've gotten my money since. Yeah. Uh, another huge one um, was Madoka Magica, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which kind of you know subverted the whole magical girl genre where you had instead of like oh they're gonna save the day it's like nope you have to sign a contract. It's gonna make and, you cry. Yeah, it was brutal. Right, oh yeah, I still rem- I still remember like everybody realizing what the show actually was mm-hmm. and being like holy crap this is insane. Um, but Steinsgate is another one that a lot of mm-hmm. people really love. Came out in mm-hmm. 2011. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really... Hunter x Hunter uh, finally started airing then, too, and that was the amazing remake that okay. uh, Madhouse did mm. um, that I was just a really huge fan of. Yeah. Um, on that, too. Uh, which is Lots of tears. Really great. Yeah, I, I was super happy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I ended up 
watching it prior to the fact that NIST doesn't have the license anymore, so yep. I got, got an affordable set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Bunny Drop also came out. Bunny uh, Drop, crushing Please watch dreams. the anime, don't read the manga. It's <laughs> <laughs> all safe for that one. So. If you're uh, asking us why, just trust don't us. Don't ask why. Yeah, just <laughs> trust us. <laughs> Uh, 2012, uh, that, so, like, in 2010, you had, like, 90 shows. In 2012, mm-hmm. they're up to 140. Mm-hmm. Um, so, things were really starting to change with the simulcast and everything going on. Um, and this is the big year, Sword Art Online premiered. Um, and this is kind of the tipping point where we started to see a lot of people who didn't always necessarily watch anime got into Sword Art Online because they were into MMOs, Mm -hmm. they were into like the gaming style, and I think this just hit the right button for so many people and kind of converted, like if they weren't already maybe an anime fan, they were like dipping their toe in because they like Sword Art Online, and that's when they started being like, well what can I watch that's like Sword Art Online, Mm -hmm. and that's when like I think we got people who revisited Dot Hack and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, shows that were kind of like that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on the list that people see from 2012? Uh, I know Hyoko was really good, um, mm-hmm. and it took a while to get over here on a physical release. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I love that show. I see Kuroko's Basketball, too, which, I mean, it was kind of a little bit like Big Windup, where mm-hmm. it's a sports show, people weren't really into that. It, was, it, it, it kind of floundered. What a opinion. Dragon Ball, but basketball. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> two, two, two minutes of a basketball game would take up 20 minutes of an episode. Oh, right, right. Because they'd have to stop yes. and talk for 10 minutes about yeah. his uh, amazing ability to pass the ball without looking. I love Mr. Kokoro's basketball, but yeah, there's sometimes where I, I rolled my eyes pretty hard. Yeah. The, the other one on this list is Space Brothers, which mm-hmm. I think is so underrated. Yeah. It's really good. Mean, and it's, it's like. Your your characters are adults. They aren't your mm-hmm. your teeny boppers. They aren't in high school. They're full fledged adults with careers, and I love the progression of where they go because mm-hmm. they actually interact with NASA, and it's all true on how the process would work. Mm-hmm. Which I learned so much from the Japanese perspective. I'm like, oh, that's how they have astronauts. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's definitely something that's on my watch list of stuff to get mm-hmm. to at some point. It's just there's like what 100 episodes or so now. Uh, 99 episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was close, was but uh, but I mean, so, I've always been a big so NASA too. geek. I've been to space camp twice, and so it's just right in my wheelhouse of stuff I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just really screaming good. at me, but like, so yeah, definitely. Psychopaths oh, came out that year cool. too. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's a that's another good gateway anime. Yes. Yeah, the first season is really great, second season not so much. And then <laughs> movie the, <not>. movie, <laughs> Yeah, the, the movie was pretty good, uh, but the uh, um, I know they're in the third season right now. It's currently on Amazon Prime. That's actually one of the ones that's simulcasting right now. And I haven't heard anything about it, which usually tends to mean it's not a good thing. But um, movie-wise, uh, personal favorite of mine, Eva 3.0 came out mm. to uh, anger tons of people all over the place. <laughs> I thought they were going to get one thing and they got another, which I really liked. I loved it, but there's a lot of people that sure hate 3.0. Um, I just sat back and ate some popcorn and watched the whole thing implode. Yeah, yeah. And then next year, we're finally getting the, the conclusion to it, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, too. Um, and then um, we also got uh, the unfortunate re- do of Berserk, which included all the really terrible CG. Oh, yeah. So, but hopefully one day they will figure it out and we'll get uh, like a Vinland Saga style animation mm-hmm. of Berserk, which <laughs> is 
my prayers. <laughs> um, in 2013, we saw... This is where I always kind of think of the idea that when, like... There was a point where blockbuster anime happened where it's like everybody was getting around the water cooler and talking about the newest episode of anime. It was 2013 with Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Attack on Titan was huge. Um, there there were memes all over the place for it. Uh, people I didn't know that, like, anime was t- were talking about it. Like, did you watch the newest episode? Mm-hmm. Can you believe what happened to Eren? Um, and, like... The, all the mysteries that surrounded it and like I, the, all the jokes of what's in the basement mm-hmm. that kind of came <laughs> yep. with it but yeah it was absolutely amazing and that's kind of where I feel like the blockbuster anime style finally started coming out and like the worst thing was we didn't get another season of it I think until a couple years later yeah. and unfortunately yeah. some of the the excitement had died yeah. out by then yeah. because mm-hmm. this last part two of the third season was probably some of the best Attack on Titan and I, I worry that a lot of people who started with it haven't gotten to the point of watching that new part which was so great I just know like I was working at a comic shop at the time and you could see like a lot of crossover between that and the fans of The Walking Dead it was very mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. that sort of same vibe of everything's really crappy right now there are things that are literally out there trying to eat us and we're just trying to survive mm-hmm. and I felt like there was a natural crossover point for that fandom and working in the comic shop was cool to see that sort of build up and become a thing mm-hmm. yeah 2013 also saw a show that I think a lot of people have always been like when's the second season coming devil is a part-timer no oh, please please <laughs> need that People, don't, uh, I, I thought that show was hilarious. It is, yeah. it's so good. Um, and then uh, one of this is a weird one that I put on here, but I really like Flowers of Evil. It is not for everyone, it is not. and well, especially but, the way that the show was animated, rotoscoped. Yeah, it, <laughs> it it's not for everybody, like you know, eye wise either. But I really, really like his work. I mean, I already talked about happiness. He mm-hmm. he's the mangaka of happiness, and uh, I just like really like his work. Is mm-hmm. the darkness mm-hmm. in it. Um, and then uh, Trigger, Studio Trigger's very first actual thing, uh, Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill is so bizarre. I don't um, I tried. Yeah. I, I tried. I, I enjoyed it. Um, there's there's Trigger stuff that I've, en- I've ended up loving more than that. But yeah, Kill a Kill is it's a good time. Um, and then they also did the short Little Witch Academia, um, which ended up actually getting a full-fledged series in um, 2013. And also the... Resurgence of Dragon Ball came out with Battle of Gods, which eventually led to Super being a thing a couple years later. I also saw the last two Ghibli movies, Princess Kaguya, uh, uh, which was Takahata's last film, and then he passed away. And then The Wind Rises, which was uh, Miyazaki's last movie, but it sounds like he's making a new movie. So, um, But I'll be interested to see, because Wind Rises was so different than a lot of... His other stuff, um, that it was actually based on a true story, a true character, mm-hmm. instead of like his whimsical, you know, mm-hmm. stories of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of more layered down. Yeah, and the, in the 2013s, too, back to the TV series, like Eccentric Family to me really stood mm-hmm. out, too, just because it was a little bizarre, but it was still fun and mm-hmm. interesting. And you learned so much about Tanuki lore mm-hmm. from Japan. Oh, and I remember being kind of confused by the plot, but I rewatched it a couple years ago mm-hmm. and it made way more sense on the second run through. And then the second season just made so much more sense. I yeah. really, really would love to But I don't know who's going to release it since NAS America did the first one. And... Wake up, your anime part. Get it back. <laughs> Come on, publisher that wants to publish Eccentric Family, do it. Yes, I will buy it, please. <laughs> 
Promise. Uh, then we get to 2014, <laughs> which saw almost, I think, a little over 170 shows. Oh, and, like, this is, like, the one that, like, almost took up, like, a page. I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to... Yeah. Like, Barakamon, Unlimited Blade Works, which was the second UFO, uh, UFO table uh, fate series that they did. Free Q, mm-hmm. the JoJo Stardust Crusader, which launched the memes of a thousand folks <laughs> all over the world. So much roundabout. Uh, Monthly Girl, Nizaku-kun, No Game, No Life, Noragami, Parasite, Rage of Bahamut, Shiro Bako, Space Dandy, Terran Residence, Tokyo Ghoul, Yon of the Dawn, and Your Lie in April. Yeah. Like, that was so a ridiculously huge year for yeah. anime. And I've seen the majority of that list that you just rambled off, too. Yeah, it, it's crazy <laughs> to think how much came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's some really, really good stuff. I remember the big hype between No Game, No Life. Oh, Another yeah. show where people are waiting for a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Space Dandy was a Watanabe, oh, yeah. awesome, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, there show. was so much hype for that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. since it also premiered on Adult Swim at yep. the same time. Yep. So With that was a big help nice for English people that dub. didn't yeah, want to mm-hmm. pay for it. Yeah, people got super excited for Tokyo <laughs> Ghoul until they ended up getting to the second season and then wondered what happened. The train, <laughs> what? The train <laughs> went off the rails. <laughs> and then Tokyo Ghoul Re came out, and everybody's like, well, this is still one big giant mess. Um, <laughs> Just I, confirmed. I absolutely loved Parasite. It got me to read oh, the manga. Yeah. Um, I have always been one of those people that I think the sh- it almost should have ended on the episode with I can't remember what the female's character name is, but where the main character meets her at the park and takes the child. I thought that I was like that. the emotional climax yeah. of that show, and mm-hmm. all the stuff that kind of happened after that. I was like, yeah, whatever. But no, Parasite's amazing. It is, and it's like it's a it's a horror genre, and that's mm. usually not my thing. But it's so good. Yeah, I, I watched the whole thing. I just finally picked up the um, complete collection recently mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and like if you're you've been thinking a lot about like the environment and stuff like that. There's a lot of environmental stuff mm-hmm. in there too, mm-hmm. with the idea of these you know parasites coming down and like. They're trying to take over our bodies and fix our world because we've been doing nothing but destroying it. And it, it just makes no sense to them why we do the things we do. And yep. it just brings up a lot of really good uh, questions. Um, Karen Residence was another one, too. I think mm-hmm. this is a Noitamina show uh, where I know there was yeah, a little yeah. bit of controversy when it was airing in Japan because of it having to do with terrorism. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, these kids committing the acts they were but um I, it never took off like i kind of thought it would but mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great show to bring up nonetheless and uh your line april was another like onahana like crier you're yeah. you know what you know what's gonna happen in the end but you're still watching the yeah. the train slowly hit the wall and it, it did such a good job visualizing uh how the main guy was struggling mm-hmm. with everything in his life and the music itself had great visuals to accompany the actual mm-hmm. songs that they were playing yeah. it was very pretty to watch too and then movie wise it was actually kind of a quiet year it was uh, when Marnie was there um, which was a, a Ghibli title but it wasn't done by um, Miyazaki or Takahata and then Expelled from Paradise which was actually uh, one of the better looking CG um, movies um, is unfortunately I think out of print now for Manaplex. So, mm-hmm. um, so 2015, uh, this is one of the, it was another pretty awesome year. Assassination Classroom came out, um, Death Parade, Blood Blockade Battlefront, uh, Sound Euphonium, Ushiro and Tora, 
Uh, Dragon Ball Super made its appearance. Snow White with the red hair. Monster Musume for all the fan of service people out there. Overlord, (laughs) the return of Lupin. Uh, I know that Fujiko Mine came out, which was kind of a Mm. side Lupin thing. Mm. But the actual Lupin story continued with part four. Uh, We got a new Gundam and uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans, Mm -hmm. uh, so not part of the Universal Century, but still did really, really well. Um, And then the amazing One Punch Man that everybody was singing the opening theme all over the world. (laughs) Um, Anything big on there that pops out to you guys? Assassination Classroom does to me simply because I heard the scenario of a big yellow octopus-looking teacher (laughs) teaches kids how to assassinate things, and I'm like... Mm -hmm what the heck is this? And I shunned it for the longest time and the hype wouldn't go away. So I finally Mm -hmm. broke down and was like, okay, I'm going to watch it so I can say it's stupid, but (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. And now it's one of my favorites. So it's so well done. And I love the fact that the manga and the anime are pretty much a mirror of each other Mm because the manga finished up as it was airing. Mm -hmm. So they got the actual ending in there. Oh, it's so good too. Yeah. I love the twist Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. There's two things on this list that are in my top five, so I'm not going to say too much. <laughs> yeah, there's some here that's online, too. So. Um, so I'm going to be very quiet. Snow White uh, with the Red Hair is another one of my favorites. That mm-hmm. did not make my list, so I'm going to gush out about it here. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because it got shoved off the list by so many other things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like that—that that is such a, a good like fantasy story with realistic problems between falling in love with the prince even though she didn't even think about it in the first place he's the one that fell in love with her it's like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it was it's so realistic and i love the side characters who have enough personality to stand on their own and have standalone episodes and i've read some of the manga and some of those scenes with the side characters are actually expanded in the anime Mm -hmm. it was done so well yeah i love that show yeah i mean one punch man it was the perfect uh like recipe uh, Madhouse doing the amazing artwork uh, for the show. A great soundtrack. Um, all the characters were just so interesting. And just the fact that they took shonen tropes and turned them kind of inside <laughs> out and made it into a comedy. Like, you know, we always laugh about, like, you know, Goku powering up again and being the strongest one there. But literally, you start off the show with, here is the strongest person ever. There is nobody stronger than him. Mm-hmm. What's it like to live in a world where you can defeat anything? And it's literally a comedy about that. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the fight scenes are just absolutely beautiful. That last episode where he's fighting the creature from the space, and it's just this epic, unbelievable animated fight. <laughs> and like he still just <laughs> takes him to the house at the very end. Consecutive normal punches. Yep. Yep. Uh, movie-wise, we saw the Resurrection F movie. Um, Miss Hokusai, uh, The Boy and the Beast, uh, mm-hmm. Atham of the Heart, which I really love this movie, and I never hear anybody talk about it's it. Because we know we've seen it. I want to see it. I yeah, yeah what is it. this movie? I will bring it in for let you guys uh, <laughs> oh. borrow it. Um, uh, I'm not going to get too much into it, but mm-hmm. it, it kind of is by, I believe, the creator of Onohana. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has to do with four high school students, mm-hmm. and they all have their kind of own trauma and it deals with a girl that has a serious trauma and you really feel like the story is going in a certain way and the last half an hour kind of completely redirects it but yeah. I'll bring it in it was an Anaplex release I believe that yeah, no I longer was, well I think it might still be was it still I think awesome. so but yeah, I'll bring it in. Uh, I, I champion it to people all the time. Yay! It was also the beginning of the Digimon Tri movies. 
um, you know, like the 2010s were very much the what is old is new again. And mm-hmm. I'm so cursing our co-worker's name. It's now in my head, the mm. theme song with the Digimon, Digimonsters. Uh, Thank you. I, I think, I always think of the original Japanese song, but I, <laughs> that's a banger. That's a banger. Yeah, I always, I, my, my introduction to Digimon was not the Fox Kids show. It was actually watching the, the Japanese uh, wow. version. Uh, 2016, lots of more anime. This one had some that I feel like I just watched yesterday. Um, Erased, uh, Grimgar of the Fantasy and Ash. Um, this one might be weird for somebody. I put this in here because I, up until a sentence of a bookworm, that I felt like there was never a show that actually dealt with real life like consequences of actually being in you know another world like these are mm-hmm. characters that are put in this world they're not overpowered they just have regular like abilities and like you can die you can just die and they deal with the death of characters uh they're weak at first they have to work hard they're starving they don't have money for food they're living in a farmhouse it is absolutely depressing but honestly the more i like watch the show i'm like this feels really realistic this is what i i look for in these like being in another world stuck there world like what show is this grimgar of the fantasy okay. Nash. i thought okay, okay. <laughs> yes yes i lost track of where we're yeah. at i would agree i, would but agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. love that one uh space patrol luluco uh which i just think is just a hell of a lot of fun kind of like the space dandy like mm. you can kind of go in anywhere re-zero came out then uh and also my hero academia just two <laughs> gigantic things well I have personal like ReZero is great it did a lot for Isekai it did but it just wasn't my it has Puck Puck is awesome yeah <laughs> uh, another one that I really think is just a great time haven't you heard I'm Sakamoto um, which has an awesome opening theme uh, Cabin Area the Iron Fortress which is done by the guy who uh, did Attack on Titan not the manga mm-hmm. but the show and this was his kind of personal pet uh like passion project yeah and it's, um, it's recently gotten available on Crunchyroll now yep, too yep Crunchyroll and then they did a movie that takes place after the anime that is on Netflix streaming ah. uh, Food Wars came out then uh, Food Wars yeah. that first episode it took me three times to get through that <laughs> three times if you can make it through the first episode and all the the, the wondrous food orgasms it's good but just get through that first episode um, uh, Orange is another one I thought. Um, mm-hmm. My, uh, I remember when it was coming out, a lot of people had already read the mm-hmm. manga for it and, were, and really were excited. And it looked like it did a pretty faithful adaptation. Yeah, it uh, was very true to the, to the source material. Uh, Mob good. Psycho 100, which uh, I'm one of the people that actually make the argument that I like this more than I like One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I watched, Mob Psycho is just awesome. That second season is absolutely amazing if you haven't oh, yeah. watched it, especially the final battle. Um, and then the phenomenon that was Yuri on Ice. Phenomenon. Oh, man. Came out yeah. in 2016. Oh, my gosh. Those were the days. There, there's the squealing girls everywhere. That was another one, too, where, like, you had uh, people who weren't fans of anime that were fans mm-hmm. of figure skating yep. that were watching this and absolutely loved it. Oh, man, it but... also turned up the, the fan base of actual figure skating. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. many people were watching that, and all the figure skaters were like, what? what's going on? What, Yuri, yeah. what? And now they do routines <laughs> in the music. Yes, oh, they yeah. do. Yeah, routines in the music, they try. Dress up as the characters when they ask ice skate. You you were gonna say something. Oh no, I was just like I do like the show, but man, the the ending to the first episode was so wild. (laughs) Yeah. Um and then uh, another one I wanted to throw on here that I thought was really good was March comes in like a lion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another really good emotional show. Mm -hmm. Um movie wise it was actually a pretty good year. Um we saw the mobile suit December Sky. 
um, which those uh, those movies have been really amazing. Thunderbolt. The uh, big uh, One Piece film, Gold, that came out then, and that was probably the biggest One Piece movie so far. Um, we didn't get it over here yet, but Your Name premiered in Japan in 2016. And we all, I mean, that's so big that J.J. Abrams is making a movie about it. Um, Planetarian, which uh, actually streamed as an OVA series, so we actually got to watch it over here, which is really cool. It was very good. I remember watching it on Funimation Now when it came mm-hmm. out, and I was like, I'm going to buy that, and then it didn't come out for a long time. <laughs> um, I will say on this one, if you do watch it, watch the OVAs. They're the better of the two. Mm-hmm. The movie that kind of goes beyond a little bit is just a rehash of half the OVAs. It ruins the emotional content. So watch the OVAs and save the movie for a different day. Uh, Silent Voice <laughs> also came out then. Mm-hmm. We didn't get you over here for a while longer than that. And then In This Corner of the World, which is one of my mm-hmm. personal favorite movies that have come out in the last uh, 10 years, decade for anime. 2017. Did you miss the Juggernaut on 2016? Underneath your Space Control look code? Did you mention that one? Space Control. I My Hero. Yeah, we mentioned My Hero. We didn't okay. really touch on it. Okay, because yeah. it felt like we just jumped those two, and I'm like, My Hero is like everywhere. Yeah, My Hero is everywhere, so I'd rather give <laughs> some love to some shows that may have been missed totally by people. Fair. It's like this little indie project called My Hero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not like okay. it's a phenomenon. So, uh, so we are in 2017. So this was, and this wasn't too long ago, but Black Clover made its premiere. Boruto. Uh, if you didn't get enough Naruto, you got more Boruto. Who looks exactly like it? Yeah. Uh, Erga Manga Sensei came out. Um, Girls Last Tour, which is a really amazing show. Uh, in Another World with My Smartphone. Uh, Sword Oratoria. Uh, Kakaguri. Uh, I think that was a Netflix series that came out a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really stylish, cool. Um, Land of the Lustrous, which was like the first time I was like, oh my god, somebody got CG right in anime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And these are the people who are doing Beastars. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I was like on the bandwagon. Little Witch Academia finally got its actual series. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure this might be on somebody's list. Uh, Made in Abyss. Made in Abyss. That, um, that is just an so an absolutely amazing series. Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which is going to get another season mm-hmm. in 2020. Uh, Princess Principal. Recovery of an MMO Junkie, which was one that I kind of felt like came out of nowhere. It did. It like, so did. People were like, oh, this sounds like a generic thing. And then everybody was like, oh, I'm absolutely in love with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the creator went on Twitter and made some bad comments and yeah but we won't get into that <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and then I know that Quinn is a huge fan of Saga of the Tanya of the Evil it came so out good. then um, well yep. that was a really that was if there was like Same a top fact. three years this is one of the years I think was really mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. mostly just due to the fact of Made in the Abyss Land of the Lustrous yeah. uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and Tanya of Evil like that was a really good year yeah. it was and so many people for Maiden Abyss have, were thinking oh it's a cutesy wootsy little mm-hmm. show and then it's like oh my gosh what's going on yeah. Um, the movies, no. movie-wise, it was a huge year. Uh, they did the feature-length version of Blame, um, which I don't think... It didn't adapt the entire series, but adapted the first part. Um, still waiting for more on that. Uh, they did a Code Geass <laughs> compilation film series, which was kind of leading up to the eventual... Them doing an actual sequel. Um, the Heaven's Feel movies, which is the third iteration of Fate Stay Night. We got the, uh, the early 2000s one. Uh, which was the Saber story, 
and then we had the Limited Blade Works, which was the Rin story, and then Heaven's Feel was the Sakura story. Um, everybody's got their like favorite. Uh, I think Heaven's Feels the best one personally. <laughs> um, but I yeah, <laughs> uh, Fireworks uh, came out, which was trying to get on the hype train of your name, uh, and just yes. never really seemed to get there. I, I also would note that that um, a girl who leapt through time did it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, earlier. Mary yes, and the Witch's Flower, uh, which was very reminiscent of the Ghibli style without mm-hmm. being a Ghibli film. Uh, the Manheiser Z Infinity movie, which is just all sorts of cool. It's in our sale right now. You should totally pick it up. Um, <laughs> the next part of the Gundam uh, Thunderbolt uh, came out. Uh, Night is Short, Walk-On Girl, which is awesome, Yuasa. Uh, no Game, No Life Zero movie for people who are waiting for another season. They got a movie instead. And <laughs> then the awesome... I really thought that Ordinal Scale is probably the best Sword Art Online thing. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I haven't been a fan since the part of the original first season, but I thought the movie did a really, really good job. I was going to say, that's like ridiculously high praise from you. Yes. <laughs> I thought Ordinal Scale was actually done pretty well. So we'll jump to, we got two years left. Two years. 2018, <laughs> which was literally just last year. We had Laid Back Camp, the Junji Ito collection, which had a lot of issues with the way it, it told the stories in the animation, which was kind of sad, but it was cool that people... That might have been people's first experience to Ito, so hopefully it led them to the manga, which is very much better. Uh, Citrus, Pop Team Epic, which led to a bunch of people trying to figure out what half the jokes were because yeah. they were very <laughs> Japanese. Uh, the Card Capture Clear Card Arc. Um, Violet Evergarden, um, which I... Violet Evergarden I really like, but the most the worst part of the show is Violet Evergarden. And I, know, yeah, and I like always make that argument to people that I'm like, it's a great show. The main character sucks. <laughs> but like all the stories that she covers and the characters she interacts with is like the most interesting part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't make my top five. It almost did after the rain. I have never watched and then read something uh, that, you know, it deals with a very taboo subject mm-hmm. of a young girl in high school that falls in love with an older gentleman. And it could have went down so many bad yeah. roads. It could have been done very unclassy-like. But this show is so respectful to this these characters, the story, uh, the things that happen with them. And it has such a good ending. Like, I, every week, it was me taking a deep breath, like, oh, this is going to be where I have to stop watching it. Because <laughs> it's going to, like, something bad is going to happen. But it always, he, the guy always stays very respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just deals with two people at two different parts of their life um, that are just trying to, you know, deal with it. Like, yep. the girl's injured. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she's lost her friend. She's very independent, closed off now. And then this, ge- this gentleman who... He's divorced. He used to be a great writer. He's um, managing a, a restaurant and just mm-hmm. kind of living life yeah. because that's what you do. Yeah, and like I, mm-hmm. his character, I, I, I see so many people that talk like on the internet and stuff like that. That you know, his character can kind of be personified in. Like mm-hmm. they're they're at the point where they're just going through the motions and stuff like that, and they had this passion, and they're just trying to find a way to get back mm-hmm. to where it was. And, yeah. I can go on about After the Rain forever, so I'm not going to, but it, it hasn't got a physical release yet. We do but have it's, the manga. It's we, in the sale, yes. and I also bought that, too. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, something that was, I think, very decisive was Darling and the Franks, where people loved it and people didn't love it. I am the not love it, <laughs> but uh, I there's people who absolutely loved it. That's great. 
Um, Quinn, I know you really liked it. I liked it, but the weirder it got, the, mm-hmm. the stupid how to position in the bike robot thing, that just like, <laughs> no, don't yeah. go there, why are yeah. you going there? See, but the overall story, yes, I liked it. And that it. wasn't Some the thing that pushed me off the edge either. Like, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is just a thing, I'll get past it. <laughs> but then I just didn't like kind of the the comments that it was making about the way they treated the character that was you know she was gay and like it very much seemed like there was agenda to be like male female this is like Mm. this is like the way this is the way we go with things well those other kids were piloting the robot things with the same gender yeah, what happened to all of them? They all died. Everybody died. <laughs> the show. They're all dead. So yeah, they were they were in like not as superior as the ones where they had an actual male female. See, now to me, you're reading stuff into this, but I can see your. See, point. I don't. I don't. So I don't to read like, into okay, it. But I just, I, I literally felt felt like at a certain point, I'm like, yeah, they're just shoving this down our throats now. Mm-hmm. Um, the awesome reboot of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Um, this it's really awesome you should check it out i know there's another season that's currently streaming of it um i know that uh high dive has the original series which is good but it might be mm-hmm. uh it's older animation and it's, you know it's not for everybody but it is one of the best like stories in space ever um megalobox came out which was awesome that was another one that i didn't think i'd like megalobox yeah Mm because i was like it's about boxing the guys like just you know strutting their stuff but it's got such a nice story and by nice i don't mean like oh it's really nice and you get puppies and kittens at the end Mm. it's just got a very deep story with really well-written characters yeah uh wotakoi was another one that was really really good um Mm. got lost on amazon unfortunately let it go, Amazon. Fully, um, <laughs> coolly progressive. We finally got uh, kind of, you know, not a direct, well, it's kind of a sequel to the original Fully, Coolie, but, you know, there's differences. Mm. Uh, Banana Fish, uh, which was one of my personal favorites that came out um, the last 10 years. I got a lot of people back into the manga as well, and mm. it, it's just a really awesome story. Well, it says a lot when the anime comes out, and then suddenly the manga is like, oh, hey, maybe we should <laughs> reprint, reprint it. this. You know? Get it back out and there. Then they, they, yeah. We literally run out of it every time Every time we get a new match. Yeah. Yeah. And for those that are listening, as of the day that this is being released, and this week, uh, Banana Fish is in the sale uh, mm-hmm. for Viz, so you should check that out. Sells at work, which uh, got people into science. Everybody <laughs> loves the platelets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The Reincarnated as Slime. Uh, this is one I've actually never watched. Um, I know a lot of people really, really like it. It starts yeah. off so strong, and like by the end of what, the second season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, second so, season I think it's, it's only of, been one season. Okay, it's just a longer yeah. season. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it kind of lost that luster just because the plot kind of shifted in a direction I don't think a lot of people expected, which I mean on its own is fine, but that transition was a little rough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the um, Rimuru is hilarious. I love that, the whole... Hey, I'm a slime, but suddenly, and, and you see in the promotions all this this human body that you know has to be him, but you're mm-hmm. like, how did how did this happen? And I liked how that transition affected him and made him in the the human form and what it mm-hmm. you know the background and what it means. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Uh, Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, which was another one that. I think people were like, oh, that's a long name for a stupid show. And then everybody started watching it, and they were like, wow, this is really good. It's so good. Um, Zombieland Saga, which uh, turned an idol show kind of upside down. Uh, a lot of comedy, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Goblin Slayer, um, which it's like, you thought Berserk was dark. Well, get a load of this. Uh, it wasn't 
it wasn't my personal cup of tea, but uh, it was like the first episode was a shock factor too, because I've heard that it doesn't stay in the crazy yeah. oh my gosh zone. Uh, yeah, I, I keep on hearing so like if you can get past the first episode, then it's awesome. But then I hear about the first episode. See, like, see mm. most people uh. me, me saying that about Food Wars, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. But this, I'm like, mm. um, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. S S S S Gridman, which was really really good too, and just kind of. Gave a lot of good vibes from a lot of those old school mm-hmm. uh, giant mech shows. Yep, and added um, a lot of cool like meta features mm-hmm. to the storyline too. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. the stuff they did in that show just blew my mind. Yeah, I'm so excited. I that's what I've got on pre-order then. <laughs> so, um, and then one that will probably be on somebody's list. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who. Right I wonder now. what place is <laughs> Devil May Cry Baby. Uh, yeah, so I, if I had to say a year that was the best, I would say 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, just was one. outstanding. Movie-wise, too, Machia, Liz and the Bluebird, Mirai, mm-hmm. The Two Heroes, My Hero Academia, which usually I'm not a big fan of the shonen movies because it's just like, here's a stupid side story. But they actually, <laughs> like, spent a lot of time, like, doing things with the characters and oh, making yeah. it interesting. Yeah, I, I kept watching the movie going, oh, oh, that's not canon. That's going to mm-hmm. not make it to the end. But yeah. it was still good. Yeah, um, Penguin Highway, which was probably my favorite so one from cool. last year, and then uh, Super Broly came out, um, which yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. This person who like who's watched Dragon Ball Z, it was okay. Like this was, this was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I, and not, not to mention where they had to create more showings for it because they were all selling out. Yeah. yeah, like as a person who is like an anime fan, like. I was like so excited. I'm like, yes, like we finally got into it where like they have to consider like actually putting in a theater like for multiple showings yeah. every day. Like, <laughs> and then we get to this year in review. Um, Dororo came out, another Amazon Lost show that was uh, really, really yes. good. Uh, Given, uh, which I had to put on there, Quinn would have killed me. Yes, yes. <laughs> the music is great, the characters are great, the story is great, and it's realistically great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> is great. The Rising of the Shield Hero came out, uh, which that one's been huge this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, quintessential quintuplets, uh, just huge as well. Uh, Promised Neverland, uh, we're getting another season next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like the first season, uh, the show is going to go in directions you're not expecting it. It's gets I, I need even to watch better that before it gets here. Yeah, uh, Kagi Usama, Love Is War. Um, and then the phenomenon that was Demon Slayer. I mean, oh, you you have like the I can't remember the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. Like, has like a clip online where he's singing the opening theme and like admiring it. Uh, Fruits Basket finally got a reboot to Hi. that is more to the actual manga itself. Yep. Um, that's concluded right now, but there's going to be more coming uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally got Carol on Tuesday on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, another amazing Watanabe show. Um, just has a whole bunch of sprouts of kids in the, on the slope on that one, too. Mm. Uh, honestly, if there's one show I'd have to pick out that I think nobody watched that I think you should, yes. it's Astro Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Um, just They just did such a fantastic job on that story. The fi- like It's five manga, and they just... It doesn't feel like they lose anything. They condense everything into a perfect one-season show. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Stone, uh, Fire Force, which... Doesn't really seem like it took off like I thought it was going to. I, I kind of get the impression that Fire Force is doing what Soul Eater did, where mm-hmm. it didn't really make much buzz when it first came out. Mm-hmm. It kind of got lost, and then I feel like people still like it, mm-hmm. and it'll just continue to build. And also, it's got the challenge it. of going up against something very similar, which is later on in this list of stuff for 2019. 
where it came out at almost the exact same time Mm -hmm. and seemed to do possibly in some people's opinions better the concept that they worked on so but we'll get that to that in a second um, Old Maiden, <laughs> Under Savage mystery. Season. Yeah. Uh, this was one, too, that unfortunately was on High Dive and only on High Dive. But yeah. um, it's, I really liked it. Yeah. I thought it dealt really well with, you know, the awkwardness of being a teenager and first getting into relationships. And I thought it is just very tasteful and very, very good. And if you uh, don't have access to High Dive, we have manga in the sale. Yep. Um, <laughs> Shameless plug. Vinland Saga, <laughs> which I can gush about all day. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to, but Vinland Saga is great. Mm-hmm. Sentence of the Bookworm, uh, which uh, really has like, taken off and been really good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's going to be getting a second season. And then a new Fate series, Fate Grand Order, uh, Babylonia. Um, I know I have not had a chance to catch it, um, but I know a lot of people have really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Movie-wise, um, Made in Abyss has been getting a movie compilation with a third one coming out next year for an actual us. Sequ- and an actual sequel yep. coming out. Yep, it'll be the sequel from where the anime left off. Uh, Kogias got a sequel, um, the movie for Lelouch. Um, guess Lelouch is not dead. Uh, <laughs> Promare, uh, which I thought was just stylish and just tons of freaking fun. Um, and then we won't be seeing it in theaters till January, but Weathering With You, uh, the the successor to your name, um, which has gotten a lot of positive buzz so far. So be interesting. This one will actually probably be nominated for an Oscar this time around. And it um, probably still won't win because yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> because Frozen 2 came out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So there, we condensed, <laughs> we just condensed a, a decade into like an hour of us just kind of going through stuff and gushing here and there. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it has been a great 10 years. I mean, like I said, we, we are in the age of simulcast where we're basically getting everything the same as Japan. Manga is almost the same way with mm-hmm. like the Shonen Jump app where, you know, we're getting this stuff on Sundays like Japan. Yeah, Kodansha um, has their digital first too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just been great. Um, and I, the connectivity, the you know, when I was watching anime on Toonami and like in the early 2000s and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like... There might not be a lot of people to talk to. You'd have to go to the special message boards and mm-hmm. stuff like that to find people to that shared your similar experiences. And now it's like we've got you know Reddit and you know all these other like big places to talk about this stuff and chat about it. And people have watch parties and it's just a whole mm-hmm. new climate for this stuff. And I, I mean, it, it's really awesome to see it become mainstream. And you, know, you see the stories of like. The NFL players, like, you know, getting the tattoos and, like, doing a touchdown <laughs> dance that's reminiscent of a Naruto thing. And, oh, yeah. Um, it's just crazy how much it's kind of just taken over, like, the, the popular culture uh, here in America more more than ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But that leads us to our first uh, number five and number four of our top five list of the decade. I will reiterate that this is our <laughs> personal top five. This isn't like the gospel of like if I pick top like five, these are the five that you have that we say are this way. This is our personal feelings. Um, we'll start with Quinn. Quinn, do you want to give us kind of how you decided what your top five were going to be? Sure. Um, first, I'm going to start off also with another part of the disclaimer for my list is that anything that the masses loved in droves. I ignored because you already know about it. I like the niche shows, so I'm going to highlight those on my list. <laughs> um, and a lot of this list, not so much the newer years, like around 2017 or so, 
like I like these shows and I think they deserve some recognition, but I really kind of if the show sticks with me and I remember it, that makes a bigger impression on me. So a lot of my top five list is actually older. And I'm sure that given another five years that some of these shows that are airing now would make this list, but I don't know if they're gonna stick with me or not. Mm -hmm. I like them, but will they be in my mind immediately if I hear their title? So um, so my number five pick hails from 2010, and I found it to be really underrated, mostly because the art style put off a lot of people, and that is House of Five Leaves. Mm -hmm. um, the author uh, that does the manga, Natsume Ono, she has a very unique art style, and people that have seen Escaflone might remember that their noses kind of do that weird pointy thing, and people mm -hmm. are like, what's going on with that? And I think her artwork kind of mimic that with faces and they're really long and narrow um, the nose is more pointed but for the story of House of Five Leaves and the visuals it just left such an impression because it's so artistic and the main character is a samurai who is down on his luck because his lord has um, gone under or something I'm not really sure what happened to the lord at this point in time but he's out trying to survive but he wants to do honest work so he's very limited on what he can do and he's practically starving when he runs into this guy who's, hey, I've got a job. Just be my bodyguard. You don't even have to do anything. Just stand there and look, you know, intimidating. And uh, the main character is Masa. He is like the most pushover looking samurai ever. Mm -hmm. And people think he has no skill. He's just there, you know, ah, you don't have any skill. So the, the uh, guy takes him on this meetup in the middle of the night and he ends up having to have Masa defend him, and he's got some super good skills with the sword, and defends him, and it found, and you find out that um, the guy who hired him is a little bit of an underground worker. He's more into the Yakuza style. I don't think he really was Yakuza, but he, mm -hmm. he definitely was working in the, under, under, or the, the underground. And Masa gets paid really well for this one little job, and it feeds him, and he can pay his rent, and, and so he ends up getting more and more involved into this guy's group of people and he ends up liking them as friends and he his struggle with trying to justify the fact that he's making money with a guy who doesn't do you know ethical things is really very hard on him and i really found that struggle and with the characters themselves in the in the anime so wonderful to watch and I really like the soundtrack too. It's got a lot of authentic um, musical instruments that play, um, and some of them get jazzed up with more modern sounds. Um, and then, like uh, Natsume Ono has also written Aka, and that came out in 2017 and has a similar art style mm -hmm. and has the great mystery with it. So you've got these two shows coming from the one author and House of Five Leaves to me just because I found it and, and loved it. And I had to wait for it because it streamed on Funny originally. Mm -hmm. And then it just sat there and I'm like, where's my release, guys? Where's my release? And then NIST got it. Mm -hmm. So they released it and I've got the uh, limited edition set at home. So And now you can't really get good. it anymore. I know, it's a lie. <laughs> 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 but that would be my number five pick from 2010. Yeah. I, I've seen one episode of it mm -hmm. and I thought the art style was very different. It is very mm -hmm. different. And, I, and, that, and unfortunately, I think that put a lot of people off on it mm -hmm. too. But it's funny that because that came out in yeah. 2010 and NIST got it, and then another one, uh, Captain Agatari, which has mm, a very yes. unique art style too, mm -hmm. which NIST got, and also you can't get any more came yeah, out then too. too. And Captain Agatari is a really good one. Not it's not on my list, but it's one that like yeah. I wish 
Because I don't think you anybody has any access to House of Leaves to watch it now, like streaming. Yeah, not to watch it, no. And Cat and Gatari is yeah. the same way. They, they've they got, um, the, the manga is still available for House of Five Leaves, and mm-hmm. Cat and Gatari, it has the novels that are newly minted, Burke mm-hmm. is putting those out, but those are the only way to access the story anymore. Yeah. This is why you buy physical. Yeah. <laughs> why you buy physical. So yeah. You don't know how long those contracts are going to last. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, how did you come up with your list, and what's your number five? Um, it was a little bit of a tricky one to put together, because in all honesty, like I actually have a little bit of a blind spot in my anime watching from about like the early teens to about the middle of the decade, because mm-hmm. I had kind of gotten out of anime for a while. Um, I honestly got really deep into wrestling about 2011 and that was consuming a lot of my time and now I've learned to sort of balance that I'm missing a lot of wrestling lately because there's just way too much of it but um my interests are varied but I picked with the ones that I thought like like a lot of cool visual style a lot of fun storytelling and just stuff that stuck with me and like it's mostly actiony stuff but not everything I watch is action it's just sometimes like the slice of life stuff. It's fun, but mm-hmm. it can also sort of wash out a little bit, then be very samey. And so the ones that had a lot of style and a lot of idea behind them stay out to me. And so um, my number five, we'll just get this one out of the way because everybody knew one of these shows would end up on my list. I have a Gundam show. What? <laughs> I know, <laughs> shocking. There was a lot of good Gundam this past decade mm-hmm. with stuff like Unicorn. Um, Unicorn. Uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans, but my personal like favorite Gundam show of the decade, that's my number five, Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. Mm-hmm. And what it does is um, it takes Shar Aznable, the quote-unquote main villain of the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and it fills in his backstory in such a nuanced, brilliant way. Because when you're watching the show in the, from the 70s, it's just like, oh, here's this handsome blonde guy in a mask. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at flying a robot. And he kind of hates the guys he works with, but you don't know why. And so it goes back to him as a childhood, or as a child, and showing all the steps that happened that made him the man that he became. All the uh, political intrigue that he ended up being wrapped up in as the part of being the son of a revolutionary and then having that revolution, he comp- revolution completely usurped from his family line. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of cool, uh, very uh, house-like struggle, kind of Game of Thronesy kind of thing, people trying to take control, the, uh, the devious Zabi family trying to uh, take their will over his families, trying to supplant them, make them like, oh, I mean, we use his image, but... No, he didn't really do much. We're the ones that are behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also do it with modern style art. So they take the designs from the 70s and really polish them nicely to modernize it in such a beautiful way. And it's just such a tense, uh, deep drama that tells you how the villain became the villain mm-hmm. and gives you a sense of his motivation. So. Mm-hmm. That was why I really enjoyed that series so much. Yeah. It just added so much depth to that original show that was just, you know, a kid's show in the 70s and actually made it even more meaningful. And that was a six-part OVA series, right? Yeah. Six parts, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and yeah, that was really good. It, it got into a lot of Char's sister, too, yep. who yeah. plays a huge part in the original Gundam series mm-hmm. as well. So, no, that, that that's a really good pick. Sure. All right, well... Uh, why did you put together your list, and what was your number five? All right, so uh, I just tried to do as 
as standards as I can what I thought were quote unquote the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I, I seem to I seem to gravitate to anime to somehow like I don't know how else to say it, but like stand out. Mm-hmm. Either they've got like a yeah, either they got like a really interesting art style that they're going for, or there's like a concept that's really unique, or they just go about tropes in a way that I wasn't that I wouldn't expect. So for number five, I ended up picking Made in Abyss for my for my number five. Uh, I mean, in one word, I just I just find this uh, well, two words actually. I find <laughs> I find this show terrifyingly beautiful. Oh, that's a good description. Uh, yeah, it's just. Mm-hmm. First off, the art is just absolutely spectacular. Whether you're looking at the backgrounds or the character animation themselves, it's just beautifully drawn and drawn and, and written. And especially like like the encounters with like the crimson split, split jaw, it's like that mm. giant whale thing that floats around in the air. Yeah. Like I can't believe that you can really do that on like a TV budget. Like at oh, the beginning yeah. or when, in her final encounter in one of the layers, mm-hmm. like that it was. It looked like a movie budget. Yeah. The thing did. Well, for Pete's sakes, they put what the TV series was, cut it up, and made it a movie. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah there we go. Yeah, and that was great. But I just found also that it was just a really, at least the first like 10 episodes or so, just this really good metaphor for growing up. Because you got Reg and I forget the female character's name. Rico, 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 yeah, and how they have to leave their leave their child friends behind to go down into depths that they have no idea what's down there or what to expect, mm-hmm. and they just have to learn more about themselves and grow as people. Mm-hmm. But they also have to receive a lot of help from other people as mm-hmm. well. And I thought another cool thing was how the sense of danger was very very real and very very mm-hmm. apparent mm-hmm. like even, not just with like the different monsters that lur- lurk down there but especially to people as well mm-hmm. like there's a part where uh rag fights ozen mm-hmm. uh she's that really she's that really tall person who with uh the mushroom hat with the mushroom hat who like <laughs> who like uh runs the tr- little tree house mm-hmm. tree house and like you think that it's going to be one of those stereotypical battles where it's like oh man it's going to be so tough and she's Ozen's going to be a respectable opponent, but Rag is going to pull out and win the battle. <laughs> he gets smashed. Yeah. He gets absolutely owned. And I thought that was like that was a moment for me where I was like, "All right, this really isn't going to be your typical anime." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a you have a character. You have two characters. You know, one that is does have kind of a really strong power, but the the main character that follows is very much put into a situation that any moment that she can die. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And that having those kind of stakes in a show like that, it, it really adds a lot to the emotion that you're feeling for that character. Mm-hmm. And even like the effects that the Abyss has on mm-hmm. the characters themselves, it's like, it's that that kind of terror that just never leaves. Because mm-hmm. you're thinking, if she goes back up, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. But you keep going down. Mm-hmm. Getting back up is going to be hard. How do you do this? <laughs> Wait. Terror. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good pick. Yeah, made the best. I knew it was gonna be on somebody's list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Too and damn good. And of course, you've got Nanichi and her whole arc in the last yeah. like four episodes. That emotionally devastated oh, everybody. The cleanups were needed. Yeah, there's like a couple episodes. Like if I look, at, if you think about the last ten years, certain episodes mm-hmm. that like after you see them, you have to like get up and do something. Like <laughs> yes. the end of the Nanachi episode. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you have to kind of get up and 
do something else for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I felt like the same way after yeah. I saw like the last episode of Your Lie in April. So, mm-hmm. like, I was watching this with my cousin, and he was busy, like, on his computer when we started no. watching it. But no. by the end, he was like, he put the screen away. Good. He was just like, oh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's, that's what kind of anime this show is, which mm-hmm. is why it's in my top five anime of the decade. Yay. Yay. All right. So, my top five. Um, the way I always do it is I think of it as a retrospective of, let's say, um, you were only able to like put like a couple things into a safe and then give that safe to somebody someday to give people kind of a mm. like a representation of like like what anime had, what it was. And I, I always think of that when I do. I'm actually working on a best of the decade list for movies right now. I did one when I was in uh, film school for the 2000s, um, and I'm doing one now where me and my buddies are all getting together and doing it now. Mm. That Some of them I haven't talked to in years, so it's kind of a lot of fun to mm. see what movies they've seen that I haven't seen and how we like reacted to certain ones. But like, So my list, is it is like personal favorites, but stuff that like I really think is kind of a good way to show like different types of the medium of anime. Mm. Um, my number five might kind of shock some people and I know there's people that'll be like well you know it's not the greatest anime in the world but uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront uh, is my number five Um, so this one just had a perfect combination of the creator of Yushihiro Naitao who did Trigun which Trigun was one of my first ever shows and it was just fun like I was so used to being raised on books and TV shows of the main character who, who is overpowered and super strong as being, uh, you know, he doesn't say a lot of words, the man with no name um, kind of style. And here, Trigun had a main character who was overpowered, but was goofy as all hell. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen anything like that. I was like, well, I never knew, like, the most badass character in a show could have a the comedic sign. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is awesome. So ever since then, I always loved, like, hit the, that work. Mm. I'm hoping one day Trigun gets a remake that's more closer to mm. how the anime was because he, or the manga was, because the anime and the manga are different. Um, but then also the director of the show, uh, Rie Matsumoto, who did Kiyosua Gaiga, which was a very off-the-wall style art show from the 2013. Very out there, very crazy. Um, these two combining together to make this show, I recommend it to anybody who's a fan of Dorara, Bakano, or Trigun. So the, sto- the premise of the story is it is New York City, um, but one, t- uh, one day a portal opens up and basically destroys part of New York City and it fuses together to create this world of humans and aliens and monsters, um, and they call it Hell Salem's Lot. And it follows uh, the main character called Leonardo Watch, uh, who is a young boy who, when this portal opens uh this creature comes out and says like i'm going to like take your eyes and then in the place of your eyes like i'll give you a gift and he was going to lose his eyes and at the last second his sister sacrifices herself to save her brother and her brother gets an ability called the all-seeing eyes so he's able to see things and realities and stuff like that nobody Mm -hmm. else is able to see and it basically starts with his journey coming to the heart of Hell Salem was a lot to try to figure out 
what's going on with his eyes and how he can give sight back to his sister. And that is just a small part of the insanity which is going on here. <laughs> so it, true. It is, the first episode is so all over the place. I understand why so many people who saw the first episode were like, this is not for me. This is all over the place. How, what the hell is going on? Um, it follows a group called Libra, which is basically, I don't want to say they're the police, but they're the people they're like that the try enemies. to keep the chaos under control. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there are... Cool, just super interesting characters in here. Mm-hmm. They introduce vampires, and vampires are the strongest creatures known to man. Like they're super fast, they're super strong. They can regenerate. There's a lot of people that are like, we don't know if they ever decided to uprise, mm-hmm. we would all be doomed. And there's an episode where uh, two of the characters, the Libra, have to fight two of the vampires, and they're losing terribly until um, the rest of the group kind of gets there. Uh, Klaus and Zap. Uh, Klaus is just an awesome. Klaus is such an awesome father figure. Great advice. He has, like, there is so much stuff that he says in that show that I'm like, they could put that up on a plaque on the wall, and that would be a great quote. <laughs> so but true. he becomes a great father figure for kind of Leonardo. Zap is the comic relief. Um, he is just kind of all over the place, constantly getting hurt. He's constantly cranky, too. Yes, he's just, he's always picking on Leonardo, so he's almost like his, like, older brother. Uh they introduce these characters, too, that, like, you see them and you won't see them oh again for gosh. 10 episodes. Like, Lucky. Lucky is a guy that is unbelievably unlucky. So, like, there's when they introduce this character, he's across the street and he waves at all the characters. And they're like, oh, my God, why is he here? And a literal <laughs> satellite from in space falls down and hits and, like, hurts Zap. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's so all over the place. But within all this chaos is an awesome emotional story of a brother who is trying to do right and help his sister. Um, it also introduces a really cool character duo of white and black. Mm-hmm. Um, white is like this character that he meets. She has a cameo in episode one, kind of introduces more in two. She refers to herself as a ghost, and you really don't know what that means mm-hmm. until like towards the end of it. It's a very tragic story uh, that has to do with these two, a very tragic ending. Um, the only thing that I say the show did not do right and the reason why i put it at number five is because the second season they couldn't get what they had for the first season for the second season so instead the second season is filled with one-off episodes explaining characters who they are their backgrounds and stuff like that which is awesome for me because i wanted to learn more about these characters but if they were able to in it like i've always thought like somebody should re-edit the show and integrate season two into season one for when these characters get introduced so you can figure out and get more mm-hmm. emotionally attached to them. Um, but instead, it's all dumped in season two. And then season two has a, actually a really great ending uh, that involves his sister coming to visit and she's fallen in love and a monster that kind of throws everything up and Leonardo has to figure it out. And mm-hmm. like the, it has a really good message of like friendship where like it feels like everything is lost. Leonardo is going to lose. His sister is going to be killed. <laughs> and then... like. This is this really cool slow motion scene of like Klaus slowly walking by Leonardo and putting his hand on on his shoulder to let him know that he's there, and then Leonardo just taking this monster to the absolute house. Um, it's it's such an amazing show. Um, I I absolutely love it. The manga is really good too, but it is very all over the place too. There it has a lot of like it feels like it's continuity errors, but it's just because the show is just so absolutely crazy and off the wall. But there's a lot of goodness there. Mm-hmm. Blood Blockade Battlefront, if you've never seen it, 
Go out and check it. It's streaming. And the uh, visuals are just like all oh, over the place. Oh my like, god! There's so much going on in the background. Yeah, this is a, a multiple rewatchable yes. show because <laughs> you, you should be uh, the first watch of the show. Watch like what wherever the main action is yeah, happening. The but the second time, like watch it and watch outside of the main plot. Like there's a scene where he's in a train. He's been abducted and he's in a train, and it's this girl who wants to get revenge on her old boyfriend who has this. He's fused with this monster monster and she's running it right at him with all of her strength and she like he punches it and absolutely wrecks it and he is spinning around and there's like a classical like old school Sinatra song playing as he's <laughs> flying around in midair after all this chaos and there's so much else that's going on but all you're seeing is this him flying around like nobody's gonna catch me I'm gonna die um but yeah this show it's great. Blood Lock A double uh, Battlefront's my number five. 2015 uh, is when it came out. So, mm-hmm. Quinn, what is your number four? My number four is a show that when I watched it, I immediately turned around and rewatched it because I got so much joy out of it. Uh, Tanaka Kun is always listless. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people think about the main character being this really lazy guy who just tries to get through life as easy as possible, putting out the least amount of effort, and it sounds like it'd be terrible. It sounds like it'd, he'd be a character that you would not like, but Tanaka-kun is just, he's hes so sincere about wanting to not do things, and his, his friends are the side characters, and they really carry the show with their personalities. Um, his best friend, uh, Ota, carries him literally everywhere, because it's Tanaka-kun. <laughs> his entire class is like, yeah, he's lazy, we know, and, and um, it's the little subtle humor in the show that I absolutely adore because there's so many little jabs that each of them say and just continue on and and it's just wonderful. Tanaka has a I forgot her name. She's like this little ball of energy and just drains him by being in proximity and he's like you're tiring me out and for some reason she's got it in her head that she needs to be like him so she wants him to be his, her teacher and teach her the ways of listlessness and he's just like no you're, you're killing me just no no stop so there's a couple episodes where she's desperately trying to be uh, taught the ways of listlessness and he's trying to get away from her and, and they figure things out there's a another girl Shiraishi I believe was her name who has re, um, reimagined herself in high school from middle school she was like the nerd, didn't have the, the makeup, the cool hair or whatever. So she's redone herself to have that image in mm-hmm. high school. And there's an entire episode where she's really, really concerned about the fact that she has to wear glasses to see because she's afraid that it's going to make her a nerd again. And they end up convincing her that she's fine after they walked in on her in the copy room actually putting on sweats and having her glasses on and totally ruining this image she's built for herself. And they all become fast friends. Um, there's another girl, I can't think of her name. She's she's like the Yankee of the group and wears long skirts and is yelling at everybody. And it's this combination of characters that just makes it so fun to watch. Um, in the uh, premium edition that Sentai put out, they even put a sleep mask in there with his eyes. Because at one point <laughs> in the show, he's literally drawn eyes on his eyelids in order to sleep in class. There are lots of gifts out there where He's asleep in the chair, falls out of the chair. There's so many little things that people enjoy from it Mm. and brought it out and made it their own. Um, 
And there's one episode where the kids do your classic, hey, we need to do something for the school festival, and they decide to do a haunted house. And everyone has to participate, and Tanaka wants to do the least amount of work, so they end up telling him he can be a ghost. He can't even scare people because he falls asleep. Because it's dark, <laughs> and it's just nice, and they made him a ghost who lives in a well. So they end up just letting him sleep and draw eyes on him, and he becomes the main attraction that everybody's freaked out about. <laughs> and he's doing absolutely nothing. Um, there's, uh, I imported the soundtrack, but there's a little song in there where apparently Tanaka at some point put forth the effort to learn how to play piano. So the teacher asks him to play this piano, and it starts off this cheery little song, and in the middle of the song, it turns into a minor key, and the background of these four poor students are singing. It turned into this, it, it started out as like a nice little farm scene with green grass, and by the end of the song, it's shifted to a cold wind, and everything's dead. <laughs> because he shifted to this minor key, and it's, it's uh, sometimes there's things where you're like, wait, you had to put effort to learn that, Tanaka. What the heck? Um, one, one of my favorite scenes in the show is uh, they rearrange seating assignments. He ends up in the front of the class, which means he's going to, you know, teacher's going to be like, you're asleep, wake up. And uh, poor, poor little ball of energy girl, she is way in the back, stuck behind Ota, who is this really tall kid, and she can't see. She's like, I need to move, I need to move. Needless to say, Tanaka, boom, I am there for you. <laughs> and it's hilarious. So it, it, it was one where I enjoyed so much that I literally turned around and rewatched it. Mm -hmm. I told a friend about it once, and then I got all hyped again, so I watched it again. So uh, this came out in 2016, and I, I've watched it three and a half times because I don't want to make myself sick of it. <laughs> but I've enjoyed it so much. I love the show. That's awesome. Mm. All right. Chris, what do you got for number four? All right. So for my number four, this one is a little bit earlier in the decade as well as my earlier pick, but uh, this one was big to me. This was Studio Trigger's big coming out party, Kill a Kill. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a big fan of Gurren Lagann, one of the last thing, big things that Gainax put out in the previous decade, and you could tell a lot of the people that worked on that went over to Trigger to create this show, and it was just something completely unique compared to everything else that was out there. Like, it just had an intense visual style and a chaotic energy to it that just took me from the start. Um, it revolves around Ryugo, who is trying to seek revenge on the establishment that maybe killed her father. And so she's gotten a gigantic scissor blade that she's using to try and take down her enemies. And along the way, she discovers a sentient school uniform that, when it tastes her blood, transforms into quote-unquote, battle armor mm. it doesn't really cover much of anything, yeah. honestly. Much of anything. It's, it's, it's skimpier than her school outfit. It's trigger being trigger. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she uses her powers to try and take down the evil establishment that led to her father's death and the conspiracies behind it. And it's all built around the Honouji Academy, where it's a school where it's, things are not well there. Uh, they're engineering <laughs> uniforms called Goku uniforms that give their wearers superpowers mm. to try and take her down. And so it's just a bunch of chaos and style and extreme nonsense that I just love. Like there are 
like all the high standing students at Honouji they have their own specialties and their uniforms accentuate that. So there's like the hacker has like different computer panels he can patch up and he doesn't talk much and when he does like the front panel of his coat that covers his mouth opens up and then closes <laughs> shut. Um, there's one guy who's Iragamagori, he's just like as big as a house. Um, there's one girl who's just like I lead the marching band and so she's got like the baton and the and the uh, drum majorette hat and she's still a fighter. And it just gets more and more crazy at, until you see it's people who are fighting to be nudists. Mm-hmm. But it's... <laughs> it, the storyline is just ridiculous. Uh-huh. But just the level of style they put into it, you can... It, uh, it's just incredible. Like, they do the big, gigantic block letter names that you can see its DNA move on to Promare mm-hmm. because it's a lot like that where it's just, everything is just accelerated to the maximum. There's no there's no middle sliders in this show. Everything is just cranked up to the maximum at all possible. Mm-hmm. It gets very dark too. Oh yeah, but it's just crazy the things that they do and pull off in that mm-hmm. show and it's just something where they were just like you know what? Go out there, make what you want. Just don't let us hold you back. Mm-hmm. And so it's just creative creativity, just gone all the way out possible. Just pure spectacle. It's it just cracks me up so much. I enjoy it. Yes, I I, I watched it when it first came out. I always remember being like, if this is everything that Trigger is going to do, it's going to be an exciting next couple of years because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so excited to see what other stuff they're going to do too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Studio Tri- and then we all saw Promare, and Promare was oh, so yeah, awesome. it's a good time this year. Yeah, um, and uh, Aniplex actually just released a complete collection of Kill the Kill yep. on mm-hmm. Blu-ray. So if you get the whole thing, yeah, if you want to get the whole thing, mm-hmm. this is a perfect time to do it. So, Will number four. All right, for number four, uh, I feel like this would. I'm a big fan of Shinichiro Watanabe, mm-hmm. and when I found out there was an anime where he teamed up with uh, Yoko Kano to make a, to do the anime score, I was like, oh man, I gotta see it. And then I fell in love with Kids on the Slope. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Just a really, just a, a lovely, a really lovely uh, short series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a period drama set in like. I think it's like supposed to be set like the end of the 1960s in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's about this high schooler named Karu who moves who moves in from his with his military family to a town, to a small town. And he ends up befriending this uh, this guy named Santaro who is supposed to be like this he's like this really big like delinquent mm-hmm. delinquent guy. But then you, you find out that he's also a big fan of jazz and playing jazz. And he's able to rope Kaoru into like joining his his jazz sessions, mm-hmm. and from there it just becomes this really lovely little friendship slash romance, however you want to call it, between mm-hmm. the two. Fran- frankly, it's one of my favorite friendships in it, in, mm-hmm. in all time mm-hmm. for anime. Uh, it's just a, a very realistic take on friendship mm-hmm. and like what people go through during that time of their life. But also just showing how music can unite people that you wouldn't mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. otherwise be friends with, and how music overall can like t- can like heal your soul, mm-hmm. get you through all the rough times. Mm-hmm. And as someone who grew up with listening to jazz, thanks to thanks to his dad always putting it during family road trips, <laughs> and <laughs> also worst things to listen to. Oh yeah, like John Coltrane, <laughs> mm, good uh-huh. stuff. Nice. 
But also just being like a person who also like played an instrument mm. back in like high school and like middle school, like understanding how music is able to do all those things. This movie really gets this movie. This show really gets that. And while sure it might be a bit fast paced and there's some other romances that go on in that show, I just think that the core is just so strong, the animation is so good, the mm. music is absolutely fantastic. I just feel like it really rises above to being one of Watanabe's best best shows. Yep. Nice. Agreed. I, uh, warning to everybody who's listening to this, we're going to spoil things. Plus, <laughs> Kids on the Slope, the ending to that show, when the two main characters are finally reunited after mm-hmm. many years of each one of them going down their own road in their own journey, is when they see each other again, Instead of like an embrace, a hug, or words to express that, they express it through music. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a very awesome, amazing scene mm-hmm. that to me only Watanabe would understand and be able to produce. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Kids on the Slope is really one that I just do not hear enough people talk about. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, I think everybody should catch that show. So, and yeah. Sentai has a nice release mm-hmm. and it's oh, yeah. cheap right yeah. now. Uh, so, yeah. so I picked it up you a few no, months ago. I still have no chance no to watch it yet. No so excuses. Thanks for spoiling, but oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. No, it's definitely like, I love stuff like that. Like back Mongolian mm-hmm. Chop Squad was one of my favorite anime of the early 2000s and mm-hmm. so I feel like that from what you're saying that fills a lot of the same sort of mm-hmm. connected tissue connected yeah. tissue there and I'm but, excited yeah mm-hmm. but it's also got a nice like historical angle to yes. yeah. it too so you're also yeah. like seeing how like how our music fits into that time awesome period. very cool yeah. if you ever see any memes with anime kids from high school running into the hallway to check something out it most likely came from kids on the <laughs> cool alright so my number four um this is another one that, like, I has the most misleading opening of an anime I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that I wasn't lucky enough to see the original short that the show was based off of that led to its creation, and that's Death Parade. Mm. Um, that is so misleading for the opening. You're so right. Uh, I listen to that opening all the time, it's so, so I never skip it if it plays on my Spotify. Um, have you guys ever heard the opening of Death Parade? Mm. Uh, probably, uh, but it's, okay. It's I'll play it after the podcast yeah. is over. <laughs> oh no! Sorry, podcast listeners, you're not privy. Go to YouTube and look at the, <laughs> the Death Parade opening and just know that it is nothing like what the show actually is. But um, so back in 2013, uh, Madhouse uh, entered uh, every year. They do a thing called Anime Mirai, which basically up and coming artists from studios are able to create a short work. Um, usually 20 to 30 minutes to kind of show like what their abilities and stuff like that and they created a little short called Death Billiards which was mm-hmm. the idea of two people who come down in an elevator into a bar um, and they are forced to play a game and you figure out uh, throughout the progression of the story that the game they're playing that the winner um, the winner and the loser uh, one will be reincarnated the other one will be sent into the void um, there's a lot of religious overtones here, but it's also a lot about just human, like human nature mm-hmm. and morality. Um, and a lot of times, these characters, when they come down there, um, their memories are suppressed, yep. so they do not remember the acts or the people they were in their previous life. Um, so they 
a lot of them will go to desperate measures to make sure they win this game because they don't want to lose and like mm-hmm. go into this void. But yeah, Death Billiards, it was really cool. And I never um, I never got to see it until the show came out, but then Death Parade came out, which is uh, an entire series based on this premise where um, when people die, if two people die at the same time, uh, they're sent down into this bar um, where uh, they're met by uh, uh, Dissum, or Dissum, I think it is. He's an arbiter, basically, mm-hmm. um, which basically he tells them to, he, he spins a wheel and they play a game uh, anywhere from billiards to bowling to uh, an arcade game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through the game, uh, the story uh, opens up about how these people ended up here, what kind of lives they lived and stuff like that. Sometimes the story will mislead you and make you think you know somebody very very well and they deserve to be reincarnated and you figure out that they are not a good person Mm -hmm. um and they mislead you with children they mislead you with old like older people who seem very nice uh the very first uh, people that get sent to this game are a married couple um that at first you would (laughs) think like you know they had a good life together in an unfortunate accident where their car went over a bridge but you figure out that they're both not very good yeah. people at all <laughs> and you know the story progresses and they get mad at the arbiter that mm-hmm. is doing the game like why did you do this blah blah there's another one where it's an idol a male idol and a fangirl mm. and that one is a really good one too because i believe the fangirl doesn't disappear right away that she stays around for a little while to be friends with one of the the redheaded arbiter um and she's kind of an interesting character um and then there's also this black-haired woman that's there helping decim out um to kind of do his everyday stuff yeah she's kind of like new to the job too. yes he's new to the job and these they're not humans they're purposely created for this job Mm -hmm. so they're not supposed to really have any empathy Mm -hmm. for these people but through his relationship with a black-haired woman which you know it's been a little while since i've seen it but i'm pretty sure that she never gets a name even in her flashback i don't think they ever refer to her name so she's just Mm -hmm. just this person um he gets to feel empathy like he feels like because you end up finding out that the reason she's there is a very tragic story. Mm-hmm. And she's always in the background. You sometimes don't even feel like that she's going to be a big part of the story until mm-hmm. the end. Um, but it all kind of goes down in the end. But um, I just absolutely love this show. Um, I It's one that's easy to introduce to people because I'm like, just watch this episode and just tell me mm-hmm. what you think. Because honestly, the first episode, you're going to get a real feel of what the show is all about. Um, it kind of reminds me of Twilight Zone. Uh, it's oh, like you turn yeah. in like an episode a week and it's going to be this story. Yeah, um, very anthology vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it's awesome. Um, it Honestly, it never needs another season. It got its point across throughout the whole thing. Didn't it have like a kind of an underlying like hint at a bigger story though? Yes. Like see, see, you, you, meet the, you meet the older gentleman who is yeah. kind of like, I don't want to say he's the god of it all, but he is the overseer yeah, of overseer. everything. Mm-hmm. And like people will go to talk to him. I think he's always playing billiards, which is kind of the yeah. joke to the, the thing good. that was originally mm-hmm. made. Um, but he's playing billiards, and the billiards are, the, the balls are of planets, it looks like. Because mm-hmm. you can like mm-hmm. see through them and stuff like that. So there's a lot of religious overtone and stuff like there. Um, but, I mean, the characters are super complex. Yeah. Um, and, like, I always just remember those, the feeling the gut, the feeling in my gut at the end when they get into the elevator at the end and you see the 
for one of them, the light goes up, which means mm-hmm. they're reincarnated, and another one, the light goes down, which means they're going into the void and they're never going to be heard from again. It's like playing the Price is Right. The Price yes. is Right, but not quite. Um, <laughs> but what kind of it, game shows did you watch? <laughs> it, which one's going up? Which one's down? Quick, quick, before the time runs out. It's Plinko for your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, the show also kind of pushes you to be the judge, too. Mm-hmm. Like... You at the end of an episode, you have personal feelings on mm-hmm. what's happened to these certain characters and stuff like that. And I mean, it takes it makes you take a look at your own life. Like, you know, what things have you done that's positive? Like, if you were to die today, like, how would you kind of, you know, if there was a judgment like this? And like I said, it's um, uh, it doesn't really have like a Christian or Buddhist or anything like that. It kind of borrows from yeah, all these ideas, mm-hmm. and it just kind of leaves it there. But yeah, Death Parade is my number four. There's also another one in 2015 that uh, I I just remember every week being super excited to tune into this. And like I said, I, the the black-haired woman, it gets into her story towards the end. She's a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's, I don't. I said I was going to ruin things, but I kind of don't want to ruin this yeah, part. Yeah, don't ruin this one. But um, the reason she is there is different than everybody else, mm-hmm. and you 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 will be able to catch on after a little while that why she's different than everybody else but it doesn't make it any less tragic when they explain the reason why she's there and it gets into why she's there and how it affected the people that she loved and i i I find that statement very very powerful um especially in like these you know last 10 years uh where there's been issues with certain epidemics that the show kind of touches on. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that the show does it very, does it very tasteful and very, like, very classy in the way it does it. But, yeah, Death Parade is my number four. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So we have blabbed at you guys quite We're a bit already. We're making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we are going to <laughs> cut it over three. here. Uh, we will be back in a week here, and we will go through our top three of the decade, our personal top three of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, ideas on uh, shows that you didn't hear us talk about in the decade, or uh, maybe your own personal you know, top five that you want to throw at us, uh, you can always reach out to us over at rspodcast at rightstuff.com and let us know uh, what you like, uh, what you saw, what we forgot, how dare we forget so-and-so. We? Um, <laughs> um, it's yeah. probably on my list. Yeah, I remember, say it. remember, we got three more. Yeah, yeah we got three <laughs> more. And part one, folks. I'm super interested to see if there is going to be anybody that intersects. But honestly, I think that all of our, mm. our tastes are so very different mm. that I think everybody's going to have a differing opinion. So. Mm-hmm. But with that, uh, we will leave you, and we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Later, y'all. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Right Stuff Anime. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to rspodcast at rightstuff.com and we might just answer them in a future episode. That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com.